Welcome to the I Love Music Podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music Podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview Matt Shee, an artist from Portland, Oregon. We talk about so many wonderful things, from Matt growing up in Alaska to his indie rock project called Lostlander. And to top it all off, we also discuss Aberdeen, a one-man show that I got to see a few months back at Dynasty Typewriter here in LA. It's a fascinating tale of a snippet of his life living in a remote cabin near the logging village of Aberdeen, Washington. It's part rock concert, part podcast, and part Twilight Zone. It's fantastic to watch. If you want to see the trailer and see what Matt is up to, visit www.losslander.space. All right, let's get into Matt's interview. What type of music influenced you growing up? I loved movie music and um, the chipmunks and bell choirs. Movie music was really a big thing, like the never ending story. I love the music for that. And um, like, so I guess 80s music. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a small town and uh, all we had was like one radio station that played music. And so it was the stuff that was on there, which was a mix of pop music and country music. And, um, and then the occasional record that my mom would bring home. Yeah. Uh, where did you grow up? In Juneau, Alaska. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Or maybe it's not, I don't know, maybe it's small. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's a, um, it's definitely isolated, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's probably not that much different than you're imagining because it's, you know, it's not like we were in igloos or something. It's just like, it's just imagine, a, imagine where you grew up if you grew up in the lower 48, that's what we call the, the lower, you know, United States, but just like minus 15 years. So we were behind on everything and like our, all of our, you know, media was like way behind everybody else's, you know, um, movie theaters played movies late like way after they already did their regular runs down here and uh tv shows were delayed and um you know like cars were always like way older because i don't i don't know it was just like but going backwards in time i guess you know so i kind of grew up i guess in the 70s even though i grew up in the 80s you know or in the 90s but anyway yeah <laughs> I kind of know you through like a lot of different Portland friends from Alaska. How did you choose to move to Portland? Oh, um, I think I was afraid of, I wanted to move someplace with like what I thought would be culture, you know, like people doing cool stuff. But I was like, man, uh, Seattle seems like a big city. I was afraid of that. And LA seemed just totally, uh, you know, or New York is like New York or LA seemed too big for me. So, um, I knew some people in Portland and they were musicians. I was like, well, I'll try that out. So when I moved there, I felt like I was moving to a big city, you know, and uh, I, it wasn't really that cool when I moved there um, in terms of like how it is, I guess, or how it became. Yeah, it was, yeah. I kind of just lucked out and just happened to move to this place that was going to be like, you know, kind of a, a hub of like cool stuff happening. Yeah, I really lucked out that way mm -hmm. that's awesome how did you get into writing songs and uh what's kind of your musical journey uh writing songs i you know just um did you start like playing guitar like young or how how did you yeah how did how did you learn music yeah, but, well um 
I did like I I would make up songs all the time when I was a kid. You know, I would just like lay on the floor in my room. I remember and just like kind of like like m- like let I don't know. This sounds so cheesy or something, but like like I would just like make up stuff in my head. You know, I would just like cre- I was. It felt like when I realized I could just kind of lay on the floor and make music happen in my brain. It was something that I started doing all the time. I think that I was I was kind of learning disabled. Um, like I had not severe dyslexia, um, a mild d- dyslexia, I guess. And I, I struggled in school and my sisters are both like super smart and like really good at school and they did really well. And I remember just kind of knowing that about them. And then in fourth grade, I got like selected to enter this advanced music program in my grade school. Cause I grew up in a place that had like school funding which is not you know not a lot of people get that anymore um so um I remember feeling like uh it was kind of the first time anybody had been like oh you're good at a thing so uh I guess it kind of started then like in fourth or fifth grade where I was like okay well maybe this is something I can do so I guess I started with the recorder in in fourth grade I think we all did (laughs) we all yeah and we're all really bad at it because it's fucking hard to play oh can we cuss on this yeah yeah, totally, yeah. Like, the, like why do they give kids recorders they're the hardest thing to play they really are i know yeah i guess that is technically my first instrument as well yeah. the recorder yeah the recorder yeah we should do that sometime yeah man i i yeah i'm like do i even own my re- no i don't own a recorder anymore yeah. <laughs> do you um no hell my sure i think my embouchure is probably not as good as these did you uh so did you have any mentors like along the way um that like helped like guided you into songwriting yeah i mean i had peers and when, when i got to high school i started playing punk rock music because of a couple friends i had who were like they were you know good enough to play in bands and i wasn't yet and so they were definitely mentors. They were like a year older than me. These these crazy twin brothers named Tim and Dan, and <clears throat> they were in a they were in like their dad was a fundamentalist preacher mm-hmm. in a charismatic church, and um, so we played punk rock, but like none of our songs could have cussing in them, you know. And so the like they would say stuff like bloody instead, you know, like instead of you know the f word or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, we had like a, a song called like America, you bloody whore. So, so stupid, so stupid. Um, but then then I had this really great science teacher that um, was also a jazz drummer mm-hmm. named Clay Good. And um, we, we called him Clay in class. Like that's how cool he was. Yeah. And he came over once and played drums in my garage with me when I was in like a, like a junior probably or something. So yeah, he was awesome. That was cool. And Brent, Brent Knopf is my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> How did you meet Brent? Uh, I met him in, in Portland. Our band, I had a band in the in the early aughts at the same time that Menomino was coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played a show together once because I, I loved Madonna from like the moment I heard them, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he cast me, he and Johnny Ross, who were just here, oh, cool. was just here. Yeah. Um, d- the director, Johnny Ross. Brent was kind of like the main, I, I don't totally know how the vision for that video came together, but Brent was certainly like the non-Johnny Ross driver of that thing. And um, they cast me to kind of be like the main character. I was like this 
in a Menomina music video or yeah there's this Menomina music video called cough coughing directed by Johnny Ross about a trash monster that um is very misunderstood okay. and and so I play this trash monster. like I have this crazy costume on the whole time I'm like running around the city like stealing garbage or is it returning garbage yeah anyway so the, <laughs> cool I have to watch this music video yeah we like hung out a bunch for four days and we've kind of been like friends ever since that's amazing. So back in 2012, Lost Lander, um, your project, you re- you released DRTT. Uh, dirt. 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 Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. is it dirt or is it DRRT? And then 2015, a Medallion. Yeah. So what was your songwriting process like for those albums? Was it completely different? I thought you were going to be like, so... Why did it take you so long to do that? And what have you been doing since 2015? <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, "Are you late?" Like you're, sorry, what was the question? You said oh, about your songwriting process oh. about uh, for those albums. Um, well, when Brent and I made Dirt together, we we made that record together after Ramona Falls started touring on that first Ramona Falls record. So I I think I wrote most of the songs for that record during that time. So while um, in between like Ramona Falls stuff. Um, I, I had made a solo record right before that. So I think I wrote a bunch of songs thinking that I would be writing another solo record. Um, so I started out those songs the same way I've always started out songs, which is really wanting the songs to be able to be played on a guitar and just without you know um, without too many bells and whistles and have them feel like they're about something like either story or about um about characters or about you know changes in 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 life i guess it sounds so lame but um no i mean it kind of sounds perfect with like what you're doing with aberdeen so on friday i went to matt's show at dynasty typewriter in los angeles um and he's he's an amazing visual art story slash kind of podcast thing and any any great storyteller like through music or through visual art like I don't know it all came together so it 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 was awesome oh thanks I'm glad I'm glad you dug it yeah so I guess um those songs are kind of little mini versions of that I got at least that's what I was trying to do I I think I've always wanted to I've always imagined more like when I write a song and I'm sort of in it and with the production and stuff, it, it always feels so huge to me, like when, when we're working on it. And then um, I think, uh, well, I, and by huge, I mean like there are like, like in my brain, there are like way more kind of twists and turns in these plots than like, than you're really sort of getting from the lyrics. So, um, yeah, with Aberdeen, it's been really fun to just like really st- to go the opposite direction, like take maybe a small seed and then just really try to go follow all the different threads, and all you know, you know, ex- increase the the bandwidth, I guess, of what's tr- what I'm trying to say. You know, yeah. How did how did you decide that you're like okay, I you know like I want to put together this creative endeavor endeavor about Aberdeen. Because like you lived you lived there in two thousand eight, and I mean it's been it's been ten years now. Mm-hmm. 
since living living in Aberdeen and yeah and being a forester so yeah how how did you decide in the past like few years that you're like okay I really want to you know I want to I want to tell the story well the story is about a lot of really personal stuff and I think it just took a long time to like really reflect on it not only that but to to go into Aberdeen uh, requires a lot more introspection so like for example like because it's so personal and because the what I want to say with it is um, it's not it feels so heavy I mean, not that I don't want to give the impression for anybody who hasn't seen it that it's like this really heavy thing, but like the, the some of the themes get into what I consider to be like kind of the bigger questions, you know, like stuff that you ask yourself um, at sort of the more pivotal moments in your life. Um, you know, like, why am I here? You know, like existential crisis type stuff, you know, like what happens to people when they die? Um, that <clears throat> it's, it, um, it's hard to go into that world. So like we developed it, for example, um, over the summer, if, you know, we, we, we took it to like what you saw. And then I had like two months off before we did it again. And for me to start those rehearsals again, it takes, it takes me days just to get ready to do the rehearsals just because it, it's like so exhausting just to start thinking about that stuff again. It's just like, sometimes I just don't want to think about that stuff. I just want to be a little more carefree. I just want to do fun stuff. Um, so yeah, so it's just taken me a long time to like want to be able to get that heavy. I mean, again, the show isn't super heavy. No, it's, it's not. Cause like, there's a lot of, I don't know, funny moment. Like there's a lot of really great moments. And then like with, with the songs, it makes you sit and reflect. And it's like also very meditative. Yeah. Meditative too. So there's like equal amounts of laughter, but also like very, it is, it is very gripping. Well, thanks. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I don't want it to be too serious, but at the same time, I do want to, you know, I'd like what, you know, I want to talk about that stuff. Like, like, what does it mean to have kids? You know, like I, I want to, I want to, I want to be able to talk about that stuff. So, yeah, I don't think I was ready to do that before. And now I feel like I am. That's really cool. How, I mean, just on a technical side, how did you time, like, time everything out? Because I don't want to give away too much, but there are moments, like, where the visuals, boom. I don't know. It's just timed very well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I've had a lot of help. Like, I'm not doing that by myself. So I had really, I've had really incredible collaborators, including Stefan Edelman, who is responsible for a lot of the aesthetics of the visuals. Like, he's the main collaborator there so most of those visuals were, were created by him um, including like the just the overall vibe like the feeling where you're sort of like getting sucked into the middle of the screen yeah. um, and then I worked with Ben Crawl, who um, was Elvi's lighting director so he's he's responsible for taking the production level up to a much higher level than it was which includes a lot of that timing stuff like um, he you know he brought the software in um, that allows uh, Randy, who was the tech person that you yeah. saw there, he's um, to execute all that stuff really quickly. And then he and I rehearse. Like, Randy and I do a lot of rehearsing. Yeah. So he knows, like, 
when we're going a certain direction or like he'll cue me on stuff so we'll know how to hit those marks um and randy is also responsible for a lot like a lot of just like global decisions with the story like he, he he's had tons of feedback on the story which i think because he's seen the show i think more than anybody at this point so um and been in it more than anybody else so it's just like a combination of fortunately of really talented people like putting in um putting in work I, I there were moments where i was just like i was like oh my gosh this is like timed like so well so it it makes i don't when watching any play or you know visual art it it always makes a huge difference so yeah in the story or whatever the person is what they want to you know uh, whatever they want to say so how did you get into forestry like being a forester uh, my, well, my dad, like, hooked me up with a job right after high school. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he, he, like, retired from the Forest Service and was like, hey, you want to come with me? And I was like, sure. So it was just me and my dad hanging out in the forest for a summer, which was really fun. And I didn't think I was going to do it. I, you know, I didn't do it for a little while after that. But then um, getting back into it, it's, it's been a it's just turned out to be this like job I can do at the same time that I'm doing art and they don't so far there hasn't been a ton of conflict between the two. So it's weird though, to be like, um, in the forest one day and then, you know, on tour the next day, it's like very different lifestyles, which I dig, but yeah, it is because you're, I mean, you're alone in the forest a lot. I'm assuming. Yeah, very much. But that probably gives you a lot of time to sit and, like, also while you're working about songs and writing songs. Or not. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, I think I I require a little bit of boredom to get stuff done. I don't like being uh, lonely, so I get lonely very easy. So easily. So if 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 somebody's like, hey, uh, there's a social thing going on, I'm like almost always say yes. Um, so it's just good for me to be isolated, uh, like in some place where I can't hang out with people because I'm just like kind of a needy personality, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe extroverted. I would probably say that about myself <laughs> where I'm like, oh yeah, you want to go to that show? Yeah, I'll go to that show <laughs> or what, or whatever it is. Oh, you want to, you want to try that new arcade? Yeah. Why not? Is that for real? Is there an arcade? Uh, or like maybe like a barcade. I don't. I think there there is a new one that opened up downtown. Um, I think Union Station mm-hmm. with like pinball machine. I, yeah, and stuff. But yeah. I'm just like <laughs> making up something off the top of my head. But I think there is actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 Going back, like I can't imagine like being secluded for that long you're kind of you were kind of in your own world for back like in 2008 is that what is that true or yeah I mean that's how it is uh for me now too I mean like all of October I spent it in well I spent weekdays in Florence Oregon and this like you know weird I had weird shit happen there too I could tell you some stories like I was in this like, yeah, just there's no shortage of weird shit that happens to you when you're staying in these small logging towns. I was like staying in this hotel in Florence, Oregon, and 
I, I bring my dog with me now, Arrow. Um, she's a forestry dog. And I st- the, because I had the dog, they stuck me in this room that was like on the, like kind of separate from the ho- the hotel. It was kind of in the motel part of the hotel. So my, the, but the door to get into my room, you know, normally you like pull up to the parking spot and then you go in the front door right there. It was a sliding glass door <clears throat> into like a little studio. And there were three of them. And this is kind of a long story. I don't know how much of this oh, you want. But um, I, was, I was like talking to Sarah on the phone and <clears throat> there's like a knock on the door. And I go to the door and there's this elderly woman standing there and she's like, excuse me, sir, like I can't get my TV to work. Would you come over to my room next door and help me get my TV to work? I was like, uh, Sarah, I'll call you back. And on the way over there, she's like, just so you know, this is not an invitation. I just need my TV to work. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and we get in there and the TV doesn't work and um, and then she's like they told me there'd be a microwave in here and it's not in here and I'm gonna miss my show and I'm just so um, angry and I was like well I don't think I can fix the TV I think you're gonna have to get them to help you so I go back to my room I don't see her the next day and then I go to bed and like arrows curled up like uh, on the bed with me like we cuddle up together and I'm on the bed and just like a couple feet from me is this door, like a, a sliding glass door. Just that's all that's separating me between me and the outside, like oh, a wow. door that's just a few feet from me as oh I'm sleeping, God. right? Yeah. To the outside. And it's kind of like, it feels like a sketchy part of town too. I didn't mention that. And it must've been around like four in the morning. Um, there's like, I, I start to wake up because I hear a noise and then and then I realize that arrow's growling. And then I he- it happens again. It's a knocking. I open my eyes. I'm looking at this door in like the dim light. And like the um, shades are moving a little bit from like the door having just been knocked on. I'm like, do, do, do. And arrow's like, all of her heckles are up. And I wait. And then it doesn't happen again. I'm like, did I just dream that or what? I go back to sleep. And I get up a couple hours later, I do my morning meditation app, and then I'm going to go to the lobby to get a cup of coffee. And so I move the, sh- the um, curtain aside to open the door, and I see that there's a note like stuck to the glass door. So I slide the door open, and I get the note. And the note, oh. I, ha- I have it here in my phone. Oh, oh my no, God. my phone just died. The note says, like, uh, please help me, is the first line. In this like cr- like this kind of crazy handwriting, I'll show you a photo of the note. Um, and the note says, "You, I, I need your help. Um, last night when we talked was the first night I've slept in a long time because I've been being stalked by this man." And she mentions the man's name. And she's like, "I've told the police about it. The police think that I'm crazy uh, because I don't have any witnesses until now." I think that he knocked on your door last night thinking that your room was my room. If you saw anything, please tell the police. And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? I go into the lobby and they're like, oh, that woman's crazy. She's like, they said that her, she said that her TV wasn't working and it was totally working. And I was like, no, I know her TV wasn't working because I went into her room. So like the, the people at the front desk are like saying that she's crazy and saying that she was saying things that I know like, she wasn't being crazy about you know and i'm like no i don't think so anyway so that that kind of shit happens 
Oh my gosh. Well, she's gone. Like I went to like at 6:30 in the morning after I saw this note, she wasn't in her room anymore. She was gone. I have no idea what happened to her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is that is so that is nuts. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway, that kind of shit happens all the time. I mean, not that, but just like stuff where you're just like, okay, you know, I'm kind of in the, the twilight zone kind of thing, you know. Yeah, small, small logging forest <laughs> towns in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But it's also just like living in uh, hotels. Just You just encounter like weird shit. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And they're probably... Small hotels, not like. No, I'm not staying in like nice hotels. So, um, for Aberdeen, are you planning on releasing any music or an album or anything coming up? Yeah, I have the the record recorded. It's pretty much done, um, but uh, I don't have a plan in place to release it yet. Like, I I really want to figure out. I I want there to be. Uh, a plan for more shows and then have the I kind of feel like the show is the thing and then the music is really means a lot to me so I, I really want it to get out into the world but it's just like it's hard for um, it's hard for music to, it's hard to release music and I, I just kind of uh, I want people to hear it but I, I like wanted to be with the show you know yeah. kind of so no, it has to, it has to be timed. It has to be timed out. Like, yeah, and you need to do like some shows in New York and stuff too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or a fringe festival, you know. So <laughs> it's so good. Everyone needs to see this. So I hope you have more shows soon. I, I yes, me too. Both of those. Well, I ask this to all my guests. Why do you love music? I don't know. It's just like not. It's just not complicated. Like the, there's no, there's no downside to a good song. There's no uh, like a beautiful song can just be awesome, and it's hard to find a reason why it's not. I mean, like you know, like unlike some things can feel really beautiful, and then you there's like this, you know, like waste associated with it. Or so I don't know. Like that's such a weird way to put it. But like, I just love music because it's just purely good you know yeah definitely i guess one last question about aberdeen what was the biggest challenge creating aberdeen biggest challenge was just like like actually walking out and doing it like when stefan stefan and i did four shows as a kind of proof of concept we did a a short tour uh, in germany for small audiences and um I was just I was just so nervous to walk out on stage because especially at that point it was mostly just like improvised to the point where I just knew that I had a series of plot points that I needed to hit at various locations between songs and I was just like just it was just off the cuff I guess so um, it was just like it just felt like walking up to a cliff edge you know just like not knowing what's going to happen when I walk out there and it's completely out of my comfort zone and I don't know if people are going to hate it and this is happening in front of an audience of people that supposedly like our music so like I like didn't it just felt so like I was just crawling out of my skin you know so um and I, st I still get really nervous before 
performances. You know, it's just it just feels like new territory. So going into the complete unknown, I guess is what has been the hardest. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I would feel the same way too if I was, yeah, telling like a very you know personal story. So. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to just keep telling everyone, um, all the listeners. Yeah, if you get a chance, see Aberdeen. <laughs> Anything else you want to add about writing music? I guess um, for me, like the writing music is just all about trying to find some way to put your expectations on the back burner and just uh, just find acceptance of what you're doing and just being okay with it not being good because you can always throw it away or whatever um like getting to that space to me is like the it's the whole it's the challenge of the whole thing it's just figuring out a way to tell your um inner critic just to just take a hike for a little while and just play you know just have fun and i don't know i mean it's a challenge if anybody else has uh tips on how to do that i'd love to hear them you know Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thanks again to Matt for being on the show and to the Bang Ups for the theme music. This has been the I Love Music podcast with Jen Fedor.